Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. I am so excited to introduce you to my amazing guest today. Jesse Lee is literally such a firehouse. You are going to be so inspired by what she has to, to bring to the table for us today. Um, and I'm lucky enough in that I got to share a stage with her um, and I got to meet her at her team's event uh, where I did a keynote speech and then also a workshop. Um, and I literally just wanted to suck her energy dry. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> this girl has more energy and more positive, um, you know, positivity that you're putting out into the world that it's, it's really amazing. It's incredible what you've created. Um, I, you know, I have to say this, that the moment that I walked out on your stage was such a pivotal transforming dream come true for me because I had never had an experience quite like it. I've never been in a room where people were so on fire and so excited and so ready to learn and, you know, take the information and change their life with it. So thank you for being the catalyst for one of my most special memories that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. And everybody, please help me welcome the amazing Jesse Lee. Jesse, welcome. Hey, thank you. And that story will never get old, by the way. So uh, it's, it, I love that it's been recorded on so many cameras and we have it in high def, low def, like photos. I just, I gotta send you all of them. They're so, like, I have so much, but um, I Girl, appreciate I was just crying. I was like, y'all just hold on a second. I'm gonna take about 90 <laughs> seconds. Like, what is like, you were like, you were like, you thought you had it. And then you were just like, nope, I'm gonna lose my mind. You just lost it. And it was just the coolest. So I'm so thankful special. to have been part of that. I appreciate the comments on energy. I'm a, I'm a big believer in energy pretty much controls everything in life. So, um, oh my gosh. Get that. so thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Absolutely. And so, you know, everybody probably knows you now as I know you as a total badass. Um, you know, your, your company is in 20 different countries. You're the leading, uh, expert and sales trainer, you, uh, you know, you're Lamborghini driving, just total fierce badass. But my guess is it wasn't always like that. So what I would love to know um, and for our, our listeners to get to know a little bit more is can you tell us a little bit more about your story and like how you got to this place, um, yeah, sure. what your hustle has been? Sure. Thanks for, thanks for that. So, um, no, it definitely didn't start out like that. And anybody who tries to say that it was easy, that has made it to any level, cause I don't think there is a top. I'm just going to say they're lying, you know, like let's all be friends here and, and be honest, they're lying. Uh, and I'm thankful you asked for my story because I think there's too many people in 2020 and just in this really digital age that they tell their glory without telling their story. And I think it's really unhealthy. I think that it makes people feel some type of way about themselves when they haven't yet had, you know, the Lamborghinis or the million dollar homes or the trips across the, whatever, you know, they're comparing themselves to. And so I, I love to take it back. I love to slow it down a bit and, and just humble myself repeatedly because I think that the reason I'm able to serve at such a high level is because I don't serve from a place of look at what I have. I serve from a place of look where I've come from. And so my, my story, it started in a small country town in Maryland. I don't know who's listening, who has, who's from the country, but a little small cow town in Western Maryland. And I just grew up in a family that just didn't have it together. Um, and I mean that in every way, like we didn't have things sure, but there also was no nurturing, no anything in the sense of it was a very much so a domestic abuse household. I sent my dad to jail when I was nine years old. Um, it was out of control. There was never enough. Uh, we were the family where, you know, we would get a, one of those rotisserie chickens on a Sunday. Um, who, oh, Lisa's calling me. Sorry. Um, let me turn that off. Uh, would literally order a chicken or whatever on a Sunday, on a Sunday evening. And it would last through all the meals in the week. I don't know if anybody else can relate wow. to that, but, um, but for me, there was just never enough. Mm -hmm. And I went on to college because college was very important to my Nana, who actually was the one who raised me because my parents were unfit. 
and um, yeah, went off to college, did really, really well in college, graduated top of my class. I was always a bit of an achiever and wanted to make her proud because she was my only sense of stability. And uh, their health was failing. So after college, I came back down to Maryland and I got a job in a pathology lab and everyone was so proud of me and my family. Like, oh, she got the good job, the stable job, the stable income, the stable this, the stable. Ironically, I did not feel stable. I was going more and more and more broke being part of the quote unquote stable system, which it's a kind of a timely conversation to have with you, Sarah, because yeah, absolutely. There, um, a lot of people right now who felt stable and their, their world's getting rocked. Yep. And so my world was rocked for sure in 2011. And um, there, was, there was a financial crisis in 2011. It just didn't <laughs> right? involve any of you. It uh, involved me. And yep. uh, <laughs> me, myself, and I, it was our financial crisis. And that led me to um, what I kind of call my, like, my $300 story, which was I was living in a basement at the time. And I was told I needed to pay another $300 a month in rent. And I didn't have it. Um, and it's not like it was anything fancy. I was there. I was sharing a bathroom. I was sharing a kitchen, you know, and, um, it was in the basement of a house and I was told, well, then you should start one of those at home businesses. And I'm like, what? Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, um, so I, I put, I put a starter package on a, on a credit card because I got approved for a $500 limit, which allowed me to get the smallest package possible for $310. And, um, my goal was to make $610 to pay the rent and to pay off the credit card and then quit. And, uh, you know, here we are nine years later, millions and millions and millions of dollars earned. Um, I, my life is, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, and it's, it's only getting better the more I stretch my vision. And I just think it's so important to tell that. So thank you for asking because oh my God, absolutely. anybody, absolutely. anybody. Yeah anybody, anybody, if you can share your traumas, share your vulnerabilities and open yourself up to the world, you can change everything in your life. I just think it's so um, incredible. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that because um, I really didn't know, you know, like you and I have connected over the last year and, and I knew that uh, you had a powerful backstory and this is the first time me hearing it um, straight through and wow, like I yeah. give you so much um, kudos for rising above that. Um, I think what is so interesting is, and, and like you, I grew up um, incredibly poor, incredibly mm -hmm. poor. Like we were homeless till I was nine years old. And um, mm -hmm. so I didn't have a lot of examples of what success looked like, whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, it's interesting um, when you grow up in an environment like that and you either have a drive or develop a drive, which was it for you? Do you kind of your driving force of wanting more, um, or wanting better for your life. When did that start for you? Yeah. I, uh, it's interesting because I think I saw so much turmoil in my life that I was really chasing stability. I don't think I was necessarily chasing more. Um, but ironically that was so much more than what I had that it pushed me to do a lot of, a lot more things. I, I also realized that because of my crazy household and childhood and whatever situation, I was such an oddball, which is why I was, I, I sat alone. This is not a joke. I sat alone at lunch in grade school from grade K through 12. Like nobody liked me. I was such an outcast. I was like the kid with the, you know, the crazy dad and the crazy mom who's getting raised by her grandparents and can't afford anything, can't go on field trips. It was, it was crazy. And I think because of that, I always wanted to stretch myself to achieve because mm -hmm. I felt like that was the only way I would be seen. And I think everybody does everything in their life to be seen. That's just human nature. Not in like an egotistical way, right, but right. in like, a, oh my gosh, like, hello, I exist too. Right. Um, so there's definitely that. That's certainly taken years of unpacking to, you know, not freak out about anymore or anything. Um, and then the other thing is just, I was thrown into leadership at such a young age. Um, you know, I have three other siblings and in the house at the time, there were three of us. My older sister has a different father. So she was like, I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I instantly had to become the leader. You know, I became a little mom when, when dad was gone. Right. I became little mom when, uh, when there were no, there was no parental guidance, like who's going to cook. I don't know. Jesse Lee can cook. Okay, great. You know, so nine years old and you're, you know, getting the kids up for school and, and getting the kids down because mom's not home from work yet. It was just, it was crazy. Wow. But I, I look at that and I think, thank God, because situations like that have happened for me. It's the reason I have been able to lead at such a high level is I think I just see the beauty in situations instead of the ugly. And I want people to find their beauty through all of their ugly. 
Oh, I love that so much. Like the ability to see potential, right? Potential in a situation, I'm sure in the teams around you and the teams that you coach as well. Um, I'm so curious as to growing up um, in an environment where lack was a real thing. You know, you mentioned the, ch the chicken example, which I can completely relate to as well. How did you get over that mindset of never having enough that can be a huge blocker for many people when it comes to them putting in the hustle a lot of times they don't receive the rewards of their success because of kind of underlying blocks like that <laughs> okay so first of all let's go to the place where uh we're always working on it so for those of you yes, like, oh, are. Not, you just wake up one day and you're just like positive poly and like money flows so freely to me like okay like <laughs> It is a constant battle, ain't it? <laughs> constant battle because you've been programmed from such a young age yeah. to believe, uh, to believe one thing. And then of course you're just going to have to, you're going to have to battle through that. And, um, battle's kind of a harsh word, but I think it's more like have an awareness. True, yeah. And what I try to remind myself is that fear is a liar. Mm. Uh, fear is a liar. And so what I'm really trying to get to when I say that is that that mindset of never having enough. I mean, just the other day I wrote on my Facebook about, uh, I, I made two massive investments the other day, uh, nearly a million dollars I invested. And for me, it does like, this is not, I don't say anything to impress people. I say things to impress that this, like to impress a point upon you. Um, I sent, I wired the money out and I looked at my partner and I'm like, I'm like going to vomit. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? That amount of money does, it does not affect my body. It does not affect the way I live. If the money were to get lost or whatever, if it not, if, com if it compounds into nothing, which is not a possibility, right. but it would not affect anything about my lifestyle. But in my, my like throat in my chest in my gut like my body. entire physical body i was like oh god like i'm like physically like oh god so i had to i literally wrote a facebook post about it because i'm like i'm still working through these things i I'm know so you did yeah because it doesn't go away you don't wake up and have it go but you have to be aware it's an awareness yeah. exactly yeah. an awareness and so that's been the big shift is understanding when like shut up jesse lee Fear is a liar. And the other thing that people can do, I, I like to give people tactical things is understand what's not actually a fact. Like you might not be good at something that doesn't make you bad at everything else. You might have failed with money in the past. That does not mean you will fail with money in the future. You hey, may bro. have failed. Yes. You, yeah. You, yes. you may have failed in a relationship, a marriage, a friendship, a parenting situation, something like that in your past. That does not mean you are going to fail in those things again in the future. And so you have to remind yourself that fear is a liar and you get to make your future. It's not dictated by what happened in your past. Oh my God. Thank you so much for saying that because, um, I do a lot of, of work, as you know, we, it was some of the stuff that we went into in, in our workshop, um, at your event with blocks to money. And I'm very open saying if I had a lot of them, like no matter kind of how successful I was, I was like, dude, why is, you know, the, why am I still in a same position when my income keeps tripling, quadrupling, you know, all of that stuff. And I really realized I had to do some deep work to, to get rid of that so that I could change how I felt about money, how I felt about success, how I felt about people with money. So mm -hmm. what I first want to say to you is thank you for showing all of us that you can be financially wealthy, successful, whatever word, right? Um, and be a good person. Like, it, I know there's listeners out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. There's so many of us out there who are bred with this belief that rich people are bad. If you get money, you lose everything else. And it had to be one or the other. And just so much of this bullshit, honestly, um, that I'm always like trying to get people to move past. So you're an example of that. You're an example of number one, you can work hard and get what you want. Um, and then number two, you can use it to give back in so many ways because you're teaching literally like thousands and millions of people how to do that exact same thing. You know, you're passing it on. Yeah. Um, but what, what kind of advice do you give um, the woman out there who's just like, I know there's something more out there. And especially right now we're going through COVID, obviously 
I'm on week four of being on house arrest, if you will, uh, along with everybody else, you know? And so this is a great time. I feel like this is an amazing time for us to dig into the, to that for ourselves and say, Hey, you know, what is my purpose? What am I living up to my full potential? Um, so what do you tell people who are kind of feeling maybe a little lackadaisical or not quite sure what step to take? How do they get that fire? Okay. So how do you get the, well, first of all, uh, let's go back to that money conversation really fast. I'll close that loop. Money is a magnifier. So if you are a good person, you are going to be able to do so much more good in the world. That's all it does. It doesn't make you some evil Cruella DeVille because all of a sudden you stumble upon millions of dollars. Your heart is still your heart period and a discussion. Uh, and so if you are a good person, congratulations, you're going to do amazing things in the world. Uh, if you're a bad person, like turn off the podcast. We have no more advice. <laughs> Get the fuck out. This <laughs> podcast has officially ended. <laughs> like, right? like, I just, like, I just, uh, but I appreciate that. Like I have some assistants and one of them, she is always telling, she's like, you're not like one of those rich people, you know? And I'm like, I don't, well, we need yeah. to work on your money blocks, you know, right? exactly <laughs> that. but uh, it's, it's true though. So for, for women and, and people in general that know there's more, they feel like they need to get after it. They're trying to chase their potential and they're trying to figure out really the timing of all of it. There, there just hasn't been a better time than now. And Amen. I know we're locked down. I, I mean, thank God this is a podcast. Y'all don't want to see what I look like. I don't oh my God, control. me either. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a single eyelash. The Botox oh, is gone. The lashes girl. are gone. Like the nails are gone. The makeup is not there. I mean, y'all, the gray. Hey, who are we anymore? <laughs> like, I don't even recognize. I mean, it's like a whole, it's like, I'm melting. I melt now. Right? But it's like, you know, but that's perfect. It's like, sometimes you need to slow down to speed up to reflect. That's yeah. just a, a John Maxwell you know, principle. You need to stop and slow down and reflect on what is going on in your world. And this is not a time for us to, um, to really fear. This is a time for us to wonder and be bigger than the limits we've set in our minds in the past. And what I say, what I mean by that is I get it. It's, it can be very scary right now. Some people have very limited hope and I'm assuming that's not you if you're listening to this podcast, but I would just say, get after it. Yeah. Like double down, triple, quadruple down. The fact of the matter is that most people are finding a different path. We're starting to find out what meetings could have been done on Zoom or through a text message to begin with. We're starting to, this is an opportunity for you to find the cracks in your day that you should have been working your businesses or business or trying something entrepreneurial or working on your personal development or whatever it may be to make yourself a bigger, better, stronger person. You know, there, I, I was joking around on a zoom the other day. I said, you know, what's interesting. I think that like Beyonce might even be on Instagram these days. She might, she <laughs> might even follow her husband. Like, exactly. <laughs> is responding everyone and so this is your time to make those big bold courageous scary decisions this is your time to say i want more in my life this is your time to say it's scary but i feel like if i don't if if, if i don't do something now i'm never going to do it and i i think that's where most people are right now sarah is they're at they're like i think this is it is this it follow your gut intuition make the content do the lives start the podcast like you're so awesome i'm so happy you're podcasting do the Thank things you. that are I'm doing exactly what you said, Jesse Lee. This is it. That was my moment. That was my total aha. You know, I've wanted to do it for a year and a half, said I don't have the time. And COVID was like, guess what, bitch? You do. You do. You manifested this. <laughs> like, way to go, people. But like, we can't control the experiences of COVID. We can't control the virus. We can't control the government's decisions, but we can always write our own stories. So what is the story you are going to write for yourself in COVID-19? Is it going to be a story of, oh gosh, I, I turned into financial ruins, or is it going to be, well, in COVID-19, I launched XYZ company. Because if you look back in 2008, our last economic crash, that is when Airbnb came out. That is when Lyft came out. That is when, when I came, came out. out. Yeah, that so is many when people. Yeah. So many massive, massive billion dollar companies came to be. Instagram. So I just, I, I really want you to get in your heart with this one and out of your head and just write your own story, write oh your own God. story. It's so, it's so true. I really feel like this is the time that is, 
either you are going to choose to shine and find your thing, whatever that thing is, or maximize the thing you already have going. Um, you're going to come out of this looking back at me and being like, that changed everything. And sometimes I think we almost need kind of a, a huge earthquake moment, what I call them, or, or a rock bottom moment kind of to shake us up and to say, hey, is this really the path you want to be taking for the rest of your life? And if it's not, guess what? There's no better time than now to change it. And when you are in a position that you could lose what you already have, it, it almost in a way takes away some of that fear if you're willing to act and if you're willing to um, use it as an opportunity to, to springboard because guess what? We have in a lot of ways less to lose than we had a month ago. You know what okay. I mean? We're already sure. in those, those kind of quote unquote worst case scenarios. Um, so if we're already here, why wouldn't we want to make the best of it? Why wouldn't we want to that, And I mean, it's like, I get it. You thought you were on a certain path. I think we've all been there. Most of us who have hit the rock bottom you're describing it came from some kind of grand illusion in our head that turned into grand delusion, you know, where it just, it fell apart. And it's kind of like, I hope those of you can hear my heart on it, but don't let your, your plans you had kill your possibilities because you all have the opportunity to turn this into something massive. You all have the opportunity to go from zero to hero in a situation like this. And you might have to hit your rock bottom. Like Sarah was talking about, you might, have to get ugly. You might have to have some pretty massive failures right now. You might have to feel like there's nothing you can do but scrape yourself up from the ground. And I'm telling you, the victory will be that much more sweet when you do. Oh my God. Amen. Let's talk about hustle a little bit. Um, when I wrote my first book, Hustle, Believe, Receive, um, I, I, I really kind of like set out to redefine, you know, kind of even what that word meant. I think a lot of people, old school had some bad negative you know, negativity around it. For me, it was always, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. That, that includes doing, you know, what I don't even know how to make happen. It, you know, I'm thinking so far outside of boxes, the boxes don't ex exist. You know, it's almost the ability to kind of be scrappy and try whatever you've got to try. And also once you, you know, start getting it down then put in the work ethic. And I know for a fact, girl, because I follow you on Instagram and so should everyone listening to this, go follow this chick. I am Boss Lee is her handle. Go follow her. You have a ridiculous work ethic. So can you peel the curtain back a little bit and tell us in real life what, what the hustle was like? Let's maybe start out when you started building your business. Um, even back when, when your idea was to double your money, you obviously had to put some hustle in um, to stay initially. And then if you can follow that up with really sharing with us what it's like to build an empire that you've built. For sure. Uh, it really is that whatever it takes attitude. I love that you have it as well. Even when the plans aren't how you laid them out and you thought that that was, you know, gonna pan out and it didn't. Uh, I always, I have this concept of grit. Like I don't quit. I just have a lot of grit. And I, I think that failure will always feel better than regret. So oh I am just one of those people who I would just rather go all in and know that I gave it everything I had than look back on my life and go, man, what if I had actually tried that thing in 2011 and like actually tried because right. that'll, that will always feel worse to you than, yeah, I actually really tried it. Like I really tried it and I was so bad, like, yeah, yeah, like whatever, you know, giving it all, all you got. So there is a story behind my work ethic. Uh, well, there's two. First, I remember one of my earliest memories. I'm probably two and a half years old. I walked downstairs in the basement. My granddaddy's there. Like I mentioned, my grandparents were raising me. My granddad was always working. Keep in mind, he's 80 five years old in this story. Wow. And he's always, I don't know what he's doing, right? I still don't know what the man was doing, but whatever. So he was always working. And I, apparently I put my hands on my hips, which I don't remember, but that's, this is how the story goes. <laughs> apparently I said, granddaddy, all you do is look, 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 like really upset, you know, because <laughs> I wanted his attention, you know? Yeah. And he just looked at me and said, Hey kid, someday you'll get it. Wow. And I remember thinking, what is he, you know, and I, I just, I remember, like, I remember little parts of it. So I know it's an actual memory I have. And then people, you know, filled in the details. 
And then here's the crazy thing. This goes back to what you just said about rock bottom, because <laughs> I don't know that I would be the entrepreneur. I know for sure. I would not be the entrepreneur I am if it weren't for my job in the pathology lab, because mm. in the pathology lab, I hated my job. Okay. I truly hated my job. And because of that, I, I don't know that I had the best work ethic. I don't know that it was the worst work ethic, but I do know that, uh, I got fired and the boss told me, I still remember his name, Serge. So Serge, <laughs> he was Russian, but he said, um, he said, you know, you just, you have no work ethic. We cannot have you in the, in the lab anymore. And I'm like, what? And then to exacerbate it, I'm walking past a coworker's desk who happens to be my cousin who had just emailed my aunt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like this gets deep, right? <laughs> Talk about like limiting beliefs, right? right? Who emails my aunt and I glance cause I'm a very fast reader. It says, yeah, she got fired because she's she has zero work ethic. It's so Ooh. true. And I fire. remember builds that fire, doesn't it? Builds that fire. Like literally, I'm like, I can't breathe. Like I literally can't breathe. Like, because I'm thinking to myself, this has probably been like forwarded to the whole family. Like they all know I'm fired because I don't work ethic. Like I just remember <laughs> thinking, wow. But the great irony of that is it caused me to throw a Hail Mary into entrepreneurship. I didn't go hunting for another job. I decided that I was going to prove that Russian man wrong. I was going to prove to my aunts and my cousins and whoever else might've gotten the email, probably no one, right? But whoever else got that email, they were going to say, she has the most amazing work ethic ever. And I mean, I think all of us have it inside of us somewhere anyway. We just need to model the behavior of people we want to have lives like. And yeah. so I just, I, went, I really went all in and that was a real turning point for me. And so I don't know that I always have the hustle I, because I, I can think of plenty of times I would try something and be like kind of good at it. And then I quit because it was almost too easy. Uh, I was, I was always intelligent. I think that's kind of a genetic thing, honestly. Um, and so studying, I didn't really have to study like a lot of the other kids did. But one thing that changed everything for me, and this is a huge tactic that I hope a lot of you get out of this, is that you need to trade resources. We need mm, an example. Yes. So when I was broke in 2011 and I decided to go all in to prove to everybody that I did have good work ethic, that Serge was an idiot, right? you know, <laughs> poor he's dude, like, he, he, didn't probably, know me. he didn't get me. He's probably a lovely man, but like, right. no, he's just not, not in my story. So, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he created um, that initial fire. So we thank him. <laughs> we thank him all the time. I, I shout him out a lot. Um, but, but I realized that I had an abundance of time and a scarcity of money. Mm -hmm. So which we, I, there's probably a lot of people out there right now, Jesse Lee, who are like, Oh, yes. I feel you on that. Like if you're already, yeah. if you are already 30 minutes into this podcast and you haven't been listening on 1.5, I'm talking to you, right? Yep. Like, and I'm probably talking to a lot of people, those, those people anyway, but I realized that I needed to spend my time getting around people who had an abundance of money and not an abundance of time. And so it was kind of that difference between, I mean, I don't even know that it was a difference, but we were, I would spend all of my time, any of my extra time. So no going out with friends, no dinners, no weekends, no whatever. I was always trying to get myself near the Sarah Centrellas. I was always trying to get myself close to the fire. I would ask if I could shadow people's events. I would ask if I could go drive with them to their, their events. I would ask if I could arrange, help arrange their stock in their house and ask them some questions. I would do anything I could do to get around the people who had, who had an abundance of money and not enough time to maybe one-on-one -on -one coach me. Because I know you're a coach, so you a performance yeah. coach. You know what I'm talking about. You yeah. have all these people who are like, Sarah, just a, just a quick question. Just a quick, I just need 10 minutes of your time. You're like, homie, I literally don't have 10 minutes. <laughs> what part, like, I'm sorry, I would love to, but like, no. Like, but if yeah. it would sit in your office while you're doing things like this, like if I had a scarcity of money and I saw that my friend or mentor or whatever, Jesse Lee was about to rip on a podcast with Sarah Centrella, if there weren't COVID, I would say, Hey, I, I heard you're doing a podcast. Can I just sit on the floor of your office and soak it in so I can feel your energy so I can learn from you so I can watch the way words come out of your mouth so I can see how you slow down when things need to be emphasized so I can understand language patterning so I can understand storytelling. I need to get around you. 
Yeah. Because the people who do that, you win. Girl, I'm so glad that you said you offered something. Can we all just soak that in for a second? Because that was exactly how I was when I was starting from nothing is I looked around at the people who were the most successful, even in my office. I was like, okay, my CEO started this company. Um, I want to somehow pick his brain. So that meant every time we were, you know, at a function or um, traveling, I would take those opportunities to ask him questions. How did you do it? Were you scared to start it? Da 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 da. You know, being a sponge. Um, so I think that is one huge component to it. But then the other was, if I was going to reach out to somebody maybe, maybe that I admired and didn't know, I never asked them to give me something without having first offered. In fact, I, I rarely asked them to give me anything. I would offer and say, hey, how can I um, help? Or like, like you just came to them with some ideas. That's brilliant. Um, and I have to tell you, I and probably most other people who are busy and running you know, their own companies are gonna be much more uh, interested in, in dialoguing with somebody who's like, hey, I saw this need. I would love to just jump in and help out. Um, rather than the thousands of DMs we get who are like, can you please coach me for free and DM? Can you, you know? And so I think that's a huge one. I'm so glad that you brought that up because um, if you want to surround yourself with people that you admire, and at first that's scary, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, number one, go in as a sponge and be open and, and receive it. And number two, offer to help. <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, it, I love it, that. It's crazy. Like if I knew, which I do, I do know how successful you are as an example, and you made even, I mean, I'm making this up. I don't think this has happened, but if you made like an, a Facebook post and you're like, I'm looking for somebody who can just help out with some paperwork and some, you know, follow up with some, some clients yeah. and some organization in my office, I would literally, if it were me and I'm like, I want to be like Sarah, I want to be like Jesse Lee. I would be like, no money, no nothing. I just want to be around you. I would love to organize your office. I have a gift for that. I would love to help uh, wash your blender bottles. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, no, I'm, but that's loud. the difference. My house echoes. Like, yeah. they can hear me. <laughs> that, that's such a, a difference, and I'm so glad that you're pointing that out because I, I absolutely believe that that is a huge key difference between people, um, you know, who make it to the 1% or whatever you want to say because – you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And I think a lot of people aren't able to even humble themselves in the beginning to start and work their way up in anything. <laughs> you know, they, they feel like, okay, I'm going to come right in and, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I've always believed that um, to be humble in a situation, to learn from, from people that you admire and respect and always give more than you take. Always give more For than sure. You. I mean, it's, uh, it's a massive shortcut to success. If so I had the opportunity to be around you and then pull from X amount of years of experience and success, that's, that's priceless. That's better than a book. That's better than, it's better oh than God, anything. Invaluable. 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 I agree. Absolutely. What, what do you think you're, if you could boil it down to maybe two things that have been the key to your success, maybe over the last five five, 10 years or so that your business has really exploded and expanded? Um, two keys to success. Okay. Like, let me think about, I, I definitely want to, let me think. Okay. I got it. All right. So the first one is probably courage. Mm, I love that. Um, I think the difference between people who really make it and the ones who don't is just the courage to begin where you are and move forward from there. Um, and, and that can be every day. That's courageous conversations right now with business partners. That's the courage to try something new. That's the courage. Like you have courage right now, starting a podcast. That's the courage for me to try TikTok. when I'm just not, I just was like, really? That's the courage for me to wake up earlier and start one-on-one -on -one coaching multiple people every day. That's the courage for me to go to events that I get nervous because I'm an introvert. I know I've seen introverts on here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one hiding in the back. <laughs> God, I am not an extrovert. Um, but just the courage to try new things and the courage to follow my intuition and the courage to know that life is happening for me, not to me. I think it would be courage would be number one for sure. Um, and then number two would be consistency. You know, I don't, it goes, it ties in with work ethic, but I am 
so willing to be more consistent than anybody I know. I am so willing to get up and do the things that just suck to do. I'm so willing to do the boring routines. I'm so, I mean, somebody just messaged me today. She goes, did you know you just did your 923rd live on Facebook? I said, Holy wow. shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, tell me more about it. Cause that, that's only been around for three years. So, <laughs> wow. you know, like that are near every day. Like, I mean, just, just as an example, the, the courage to post every day on YouTube, every day on TikTok, every day, a podcast, every day on Instagram, every day on Facebook, every, every day I reach out to somebody who scares me. I mean, just the, the, just the, the, I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind being consistent because when I'm consistent, I can measure everything. If you want to outlast somebody, if you want to win, if you want to sell more, build more, do whatever your goal is, then you have to understand it's it's not just by outwitting the devil right it's by out it's by out consist that's not a word i'm making well, it's word. a numbers it's game by being right? more consistent by, than anybody because i can measure that if yeah, you tell numbers me consistently you reach out to 20 people a day if you tell me that then i'm yep. going to say great she does 20 i'm going to do 40 consistently bring it on Yep. It's a, it's such a numbers game. And I think it's a numbers game in anything, whether, I mean, we're all in sales if we're a bit uh, an entrepreneur, right? Like, um, and actually, can we talk about that for a quick second? Because, um, I started my business full-time. I left cor corporate, uh, to follow my dream and, and pursue my passion, uh, and start my own business knowing jack shit about being an entrepreneur and just thinking, Oh, you know, since I was a VP of sales in corporate, all those skills are going to automatically transfer. And because I could close multi-million dollar deals with my eyes closed in corporate, I will have no problem closing a deal for a couple thousand for me to coach somebody. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> Reality check. Um, it was such a different, different thing. And it was hard to quote unquote, sell myself. Um, and I know you work with all different types of, of businesses and business owners, and I'm just curious if you have either run into that as you've been building your business, like maybe how you got over it or how you coach women, especially, I think women deal with this more than men, um, how we get over selling when it's our passion, when it's something we actually really care about. And a lot of times we would do it for free or maybe used to do it for free, uh, how do we transition that into realizing it's still a numbers game? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a lot of that goes into worthiness issues, which I know you coach people through. You guys should yeah. all hire Sarah if you haven't already. Yep. But, um, and I don't recommend like anybody. So I'm recommending Sarah. <laughs> Very like, I, I can't speak highly enough about you, but knowing your worth, you yeah. know, you're, you're not, so, the, the crazy thing is people are so comfortable building other people's dreams. So oh my God. Yes. making some, I'll just say man, cause I feel like we're speaking to women right now, making right. some man wealthy, you know, oh, my boss, he'll see me sometimes. That is some kind of weird patriarchy that's stuck in your head. That's crazy. Like I would rather you intimidate the crap out of that man because you're so wildly successful. I get, there is nothing better than walking into these private country clubs that oh jesse lee is a member of ain't no man no 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 right <laughs> exactly like, hey, who are you a guest of and i'm like oh oh whoa oh no you messed up it's or like looking around for the other person i'm like oh wait i'm sorry wait i think i'm more successful than you like <laughs> not in a rude way but in like a hold on exactly knowing your worth and understanding like when it's something you're passionate about, maybe you need to prime your energy. Maybe you need to walk around for a second. Maybe you need to do some deep cleansing breaths, but you are never, ever, 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 ever going to reach your potential. You're never going to have the, the dreams fulfilled that you say you want to have if you're building somebody else's dream. And so you need to start getting more comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable. And the crazy thing is the more consistent you are at having uncomfortable conversations, the better off you become because it just doesn't start to hurt so much anymore. You start to get more comfortable having those weird conversations. You start to step into your power more and more and more and more and more. And you know, you get to control that. Amen. You control your dream. You can't control your boss's dream. You can't control if all of a sudden you close a multi-million dollar deal, you get a $10,000 check. Tomorrow he goes, I decided to make commissions 2000 on that. You can't mm -hmm. control any of it. So why don't you control what you can, which is your actual future, which is your actual business, which is your actual reason you were put on this earth, whatever that may be. You have to chase your passions. You have to. What else are we here for? 
Oh my God. And it, it goes so right along with what you're just saying. When I finally made that, that call, because courage was, was tough. I was a single mom. I had three kids. Right. And so to leave a job that I had worked really hard to get to, to then start my business and, you know, not have guaranteed income or any of that stuff starting out. Um, I had wanted to do it for so long and had the vision, right? We're going to talk about, love to know about your vision uh, in a second too. I had that vision. It was so strong. It was pulling me to the point where it was making, you know, every day like, oh my God, when is it going to be? And I, I truly believe the universe will sometimes just like kick you out of the nest <laughs> if you aren't going to do it on your own. And it always hurts worse. So just do it on your own. So you don't have to have that happen. Um, and that's exactly what happened to me. I closed the biggest deal of my entire life, a deal that was basically the company's annual revenue goal in one month. Um, and I came in the next week and they were like, thanks, but no thanks. So they didn't have to pay commission. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that is never going to happen to me again. No one on the planet is ever going to have the power to give me a paycheck or not give me a paycheck or take it away when I've done something incredible, you know? And so that was, I remember I drove home that day and I was like, that's it. I'm doing this, you know? And it's been um, an interesting and bumpy ride. That first year was, was tough, but I think you have to have um, the consistency that you talked about. You have to have the the drive to want it more than you want to go back to your old life. I think that's a really big one. Um, so for you, did you have 10 years ago, did you envision where you are today? Did you think about that at all? Did you like daydream about it? Is it, is it bigger than you expected or how, how does, uh, I guess, envisioning your future play into your success or does it? Uh, so I think vision is everything. And I think that visionaries, I know you know this too, but yeah. the people who are visionaries, they just, their whole life changes because your subconscious starts, go, starts to go to work for you. Um, now to answer your question of if I, I thought that this was going to be as big as it is, no, because I don't, I think that your vision continues to grow as you continue to grow. So as an example, you know, I wrote my first, um, like list of goals nine years ago. And my first vision board was nine years ago. And there's things on that, that when I look at it, it's so, I mean, it's so funny. I have accomplished the entire freaking thing. You know, right, of course, the yeah. whole thing. I mean, right in the center was a white Range Rover. And when I bought that thing in 2016, I was like, boom, holy smokes. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, it, it had to have evolved because if I look at that, there were things like I was going to be top in sales, uh, at the time I wanted to be a catering court. I was going to be a catering coordinator at a hotel. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to have an apartment in DC. I'm going to bar, 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 you know, like all these things. And of course, everything I have now is so much bigger than that. But course, yeah. as, I, as I walk along and as I, I see the steps and the progression, you know, I even the best example, I guess, is probably houses. Like, uh, I was so pumped for my luxury condo. I had maybe eight or nine years ago. Like I was like, I made it eight years yeah. ago. Oh, I made it. I could never possibly want something better than this. And then it turned into, um, you know, I, I got a house, a townhouse in Maryland. And I'm like, I could, I, why would I ever need anything bigger than this? I mean, this is just so much. This is a four story townhouse with a little yard. I mean, like, ah, come on. Right. Right. It's like I move, I'm like, screw this. Like I get out of a toxic marriage and I moved, I moved myself and my beautiful dogs down to Texas. And I thought to myself, I never need a house bigger than this. I called it the castle. You know, I had this big house, a house bigger than the castle. And then here we are, we're in what we call the Empire State Building. It still hasn't I been guess. 10 years, mind you. We, we literally call it the Empire State Building. I live in this house that is, I mean, it's nearly laughable. It is gorgeous. I mean, thank you. It's crazy. And I, and I, as soon as we moved in, I said to my partner, I said, Alexander, I said, what's next? Because I know, I know what's going to happen. It'll be two years and I'll be like, well, what else did I have on that vision board? All right, better get on up on there. Um, and it's just because, and it's crazy because even this house, speaking of visualization, and yes, I visualize constantly. It's a, pro it's a process I do nearly all day, every day. I'm constantly visualizing things. Um, it's something like a, literally a private jet with my two sons literally just flashed in my head as soon as I said it. Yep. In my, uh, like I, I took our team on an incentive trip. This is two and a half years ago to Orlando, Florida. There's these like big resort properties right by Disney. And I rented one of the, I think it's called like the Encore or Reunion or something. I rent one of these luxury houses. It's like 34 or something. And if you walk out 
through my main living space, it looks almost identical Holy to the shit. Of that house. The pool is the exact same setup. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, it's because that subconscious, it runs, it runs underneath. And when we know what to put in there rather than lack and all the other bullshit, yep. then it can start putting the pieces of our dream together for us. It can start opening up the doors. It's such an amazing thing. And I love that you talked about how your dreams grow and how your visualization grows, because I can't tell you how many um, women, especially that I work with and I coach who may have been, you know, really successful in their career, maybe for 10 years or so, and then get to this place where they're just like, what's next? Just total blank space all of a sudden. And so I always tell people, redo your future board every single year, do it, you know, make a, a ritual. I always do mine on January 1st. It's kind of a ritual. Um, but because it forces me to dream bigger, it forces me to, to go into that vision and say, Hey, does that still align? Do I still want that? Or do I want, you know, something different? Um, and I think it's so important to continually grow out. So of course I have to ask you, what is next? You're, you're conquering Europe. I've seen that. Um, love watching your amazing travels. Um, you're in 20 countries right now. So what, what's next? Yeah. So, uh, with our business right now, you know, we have, I mean, well, I shouldn't even just talk about my network marketing business, which is just absolutely exploding. I'm so thankful to have that as my main source of liquid income, uh, but I've gotten so much more into investing. So, um, I actually did just buy a hair salon, like a dry bar. So I just, Oh, that's it. awesome. Congratulations. We're currently painting the walls because so it's interesting. Like, you know, you you mentioned the universe kicks you out of the nest, you know, like it's, it, I was in such an, I don't know. It, we when you're alone, you start to visualize things differently. Like when you have just that silent time. Clarity. So, clarity. Speaking of Europe, I was on my, my last European tour and I, it was just one of those moments of frustration. Like I, I have those moments where I'm like, I'm not going fast enough. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not contributing enough. I'm not leaving behind the legacy. I say I want to leave because legacy really is my word. Yeah. And I, I text Alexander and I'm like, that's it. When I get home, I'm buying everything I like to use. I'm buying a blow dry bar. I'm buying a lash place. I'm buying, <laughs> place, I'm buying I love pizza, it. I'm buying a burger place. Screw this. I'm gonna make money off of everything that I like. And he's like, okay, babe, whatever you want to do. And uh, you know, cause he's super supportive. And I got home and I, I, boom, I text the, uh, again, this is just like the universe, God, whatever you believe in, uh, yeah. just aligning the stars. I text the owner who I happen to have her number. And I just said, have you ever considered having a partner? I didn't think about buying it. Right. I knew it had to be profitable because of where I live. And she said, you know, she says, I'll oh, come in tomorrow to get your hair done. You have an appointment anyway. We'll chat. And then she ends up texting me after that. She's like, honestly, I was going to, I was going to sell it. There's a man who's offering 400 grand for it. He keeps coming in every month for four straight months, offering me 400 cash, 400 cash. And I'm like, do I sell it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are the chances? And so Divine timing, baby. <laughs> I mean, we literally we're able to close in less than two months. And so, I mean, obviously and if, and the timing might seem weird because, you know, we can't do anything right now because of Corona, but, but that's temporary as we both know. Right. Auto running, so it's already still profitable. And now I get to paint it. I get to make it look however I want to. I get to bring in all the Jesse Lee pizzazz and whatever that I love to do. And so, you know, that, that you, the universe really does kick you right out of your nest sometimes, right out of your comfort zone. But, um, but anyway, so really a lot more investing, um, diversifying, I realized was very important, important when I lost my income in 2017. Yeah. And so a lot on that, but, uh, kids, you know, I, I will have a world, world-class marriage. I will have world-class children. I will be a world-class mother. Um, I will, there will be in my, in my near future, I will only fly either private or first class with my whole family. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of business moves, a lot of big stuff. I, I will have a number one podcast. My podcast is rock and roll. Yes, I'm number one podcast. Your podcast um, is killing. And guys, you have to go listen to the interview. Uh, when you had me on yours, Jesse Lee, it was an amazing conversation. I love how both these conversations are so very different. So go check that out. Go listen to it, subscribe and download, um, because it's powerful in, in so many kind of like different ways. I love how each of the conversations have gone in such, such different directions. I love it. I know it's going to say the same, same thing. I'm like, I love it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think there's, there's no limit and I hope everybody understands that the limit does not exist unless it's somewhere in your mind. The limitations in your life only exist because of some cap that you put on or some limiting self-belief you have. So take the hat off and just 
let it rip. Your goals are not too big. They are not, they are not too scary. You can, you can achieve anything you want in this life. This is an abundant world. Amen to all of that. All right. So I, I want to ask you how you are thriving as we kind of wrap up today. I know how the businesses are thriving and all that, but how are, how are you, like when you wake up and feel like I am living my best life, um, you know, how, how is that showing up for you? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, I feel very at peace. I think that's the best way to describe, describe it. Um, I wake or I go to, before I go to sleep, I always say, "Woo, that was a fulfilling day. Now that was, that was a productive, fulfilling day. And my days are very busy, but they are so, they are so full of love and so full of joy and so full of empathy and so full of just goodness that I'm just very at peace. And I think if more people were focused on doing what brings them peace and what brings them joy, they would have that calm in their world as well. And they'd be able to create with it because when you create from a place of joy, you're unstoppable. And so every day, you know, if I'm, if I'm upset, it doesn't last for longer than three minutes. Like I have a rule. Um, and then it's just moving forward and becoming a better and better and better version of myself. And it really is with that peace, that mindfulness, and then that joy. Ah, I love that so much. Joy is such a, an anchoring word for me as well. Like I, I want to feel that every day. I want to know how to bring it in myself and not rely on um, other things or other people to provide it for me. So I absolutely love that. So where can uh, everybody find you? Obviously they need to go download your podcast and go follow you. And I am boss Lee on Insta, but where else can they connect with you and book you to be a keynote speaker or train their sales teams? Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is ask Jesse Lee, A-S-K, Jesse Lee, my name, at gmail.com. Uh, and then my podcast, you can just go to jessieleepodcast.com. That'll pull up every single different handle if you're an Android, if you're an iTunes, if you're a whatever. Um, but those are the easiest ways. Facebook's Jesse Lee Ward. Um, YouTube, Jesse Lee Ward. Uh, you can Google me. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm super <laughs> I love it. But I'm um, booking things. Are, it's just easy if it's askjessielee at gmail.com. Um, I check that numerous times throughout the day. Absolutely. Well, we are so fortunate to have you on. Loved so much having this conversation with you. And if anyone wants to drain some of Jessie's Lee, Jessie Lee's uh, energy vicariously, go watch her stories, go follow her on Instagram and just be like, I'm going to suck that silently over here. Um, but then give back love, please comment, give love all the good ways that we're supposed to do that. So, um, thanks again, girl, you rock. I'm honored to call you my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, likewise. And thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for all you do. And everybody needs to, you already probably have it, but please, seriously sarah has a tour coming up y'all have got to go i'm telling you i've been in that workshop you are messing with your life if you don't show up i'm telling you right now it's worth every penny oh thanks girl all right everybody hustle and thrive let's get after it thanks for listening and remember if you got value from today's show please spread the love by clicking subscribe leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know and join us next time on the sarah centrella show